In a world where busyness is worn like a badge of honor, it's almost impossible to imagine breaking free from the shackles of success. Working long hours, skipping meals, missing or being late to important life events, constantly playing catch up, exhausted to the bones. This has been normalized, especially in the medical and healthcare arena. Practice owners are fleeing to corporate practices or leaving medicine altogether in hopes of recapturing their time and energy. But you are here for a reason and you've been searching for answers. Welcome to Thriving Practice. I'm your host, Tracy Cherpesky. I'm an executive coaching consultant and time leadership expert. I'm mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. I am on a mission to help practice owners take back at least one day per week for the rest of their careers so they can focus on healing their patients and falling back in love with their practice. Together we learn, connect with like-minded practice owners and medical business experts, and expand your connection to an international community of peers. In each episode, we discuss the business of medicine and healthcare, how to avoid the pitfalls of success, and how to improve the bottom line, paving the way to exquisite fulfillment in your career and life. Join us each week to learn how you can grow your practice while focusing on what you love most. You'll want to take notes. So let's go. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Thriving Practice, the business podcast for medical and healthcare practices where we help practice owners grow their practice and take back their time. It's always fun talking with marketing experts because if they're good at what they do, they can explain how things work in simple, digestible ways. And if they're excellent at what they do, they'll help you understand the realities of marketing, set realistic expectations, and they'll partner with you to achieve your goals and objectives. This is exactly what I learned about today's guest. I am thrilled to have spent time speaking with the high-integrity, extremely smart marketing genius, Justin Knott of Entropy Healthcare Marketing. He shared so much wisdom in this short conversation, and I sincerely believe this episode will shed light on some marketing questions you may have for your own practice. Specifically, we discussed top SEO strategies to get your practice ranking for procedures you want to grow or conditions that you treat. I love how Justin distilled what you need to know about CEO down to two drivers in what patients search for. The first is to find a specialist or the second to solve a specific problem. He gave a fantastic tip about multiple location practices and their SEO, which is to structure your website after the franchise model with separate websites for each location. These are things we wouldn't know if we didn't have an expert to talk to. So we also talked about one of my favorite topics, which is how to avoid monopolizing the physician or practitioner's time. Fair warning, though, you're not off the hook for the role you need to play in the marketing of your practice. Fortunately, however, if you're willing to focus and make time for regular, say, monthly or quarterly strategy sessions, you can get away with 30 to 60 minutes of content creation per session. That's not bad, particularly if you were to calculate the financial impact of even one new patient. There are so many golden nuggets in our conversation, and Justin's parting wisdom is this. Trust the process. It takes time. Invest in what you can, bootstrap if you need. And 
The last piece of advice is to set reasonable expectations for what you want your marketing strategy and tactics to achieve. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, and I am certain you will too. So grab a beverage or a snack or lace up your walking shoes and settle in to listen to Justin and his incredible wisdom. Justin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to have you here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, I've, I enjoyed our warm up so much in the green room. I sort of lost track of time. So I'm excited to like really dive in. Yeah, we touched here. on so many topics. Well, before we start, I'd love to let our listeners know where you're located and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. I'm in Orlando, Florida, um, probably about 15, 20 minutes down the road from Disney. Excellent. Not a bad location at all. Not a bad location Weather at all. Weather and fun things. And you've got a little one. Do you may want to take to Disney one day if you haven't yes, already? We, ha- we have already. <laughs> you have. So oh, I love it. An animal lover and an animal kingdom oh. lover. So we ta- try to take her at least once a month to Animal Kingdom and she absolutely loves it. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Oh, how sweet. Oh, yeah. You're, if it's close, it makes sense. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, it's good to have a season pass so we can go really whenever we want to, which she, she loves. Oh, how sweet. Oh, it's but memory, all the memory building that you're doing right now. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, I would love to have you share with us about your agency, what you do, um, who you serve, and then let's just like dive right into some of the nitty gritty of marketing for medical practices. Absolutely. So uh, my wife and I own an agency named Entropy Healthcare Marketing, and we've been around uh, closing in on the 10-year mark next year. So we're really excited about that. But really since day one, we have niched in healthcare and not only just healthcare, specifically in medical. And I've really carved out a sweet spot for working with multi-location surgical groups. And we do really everything to help surgical groups attract patients, book those patients, and retain those patients. And so in doing that, what we're primarily focused on is website design and development, because that's obviously the foundational kind of front-facing billboard, so to speak, of any practice online, Um, helping them rank locally. So offline, that's Google My Business, reputation management. On their website, that is um, search engine optimization and content development. And then we use a lot of different sophisticated paid ad strategies to really target very specific patient profiles, depending on what types of surgeries or or treatments they want to grow um, for the practice. And those are kind of the primary three pillars is site design, local SEO, and paid advertising that we spend a lot of our time and efforts on helping our clients grow. I would imagine when your clients come to you that this takes a big load off for them. It, it does. It's <laughs> especially with as, as constantly evolving and changing as marketing is and as intangible um, as it is, it really is tough to either try to do go it alone as a practice and manage all of these things that some of them take a high level of expertise to do. But it's also really easy to get burned. You and I were actually talking about that. Um, and in the similar space that you're in, marketing has gotten a really bad rap, like a used car salesman. Uh, you can't trust a lot of what people say. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors um, and not a lot of actual ROI. Um, there's not a lot of ex- actual experts in the space. Um, doing doing advertising and marketing for an ortho group is a whole lot different than an e-commerce Shopify website. Um, and that's why I don't advertise shop, Shopify websites because that's not what I'm an expert in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, when they sense. find somebody, it's a huge load off to know that they can have confidence that what they're investing in is actually moving the needle and helping them get closer to their practice growth goals without having to spend so much time and effort trying to figure it out alone or putting it on their practice admin or a marketing person that's usually running in a thousand different directions trying to 
herds of physicians like cats trying to reach out to the community, <laughs> trying to grow social media, trying to create content, all these different things. It's just a lot to do and you and, and finding a good partner is, is critical to pulling it off. I love that you use the word partner because I think that that makes all the difference with sure. a client relationship, especially something where you know, I work with medical practices as well. And I will hear from them sometimes like, oh, I just, last time I tried working with a marketing person, you know, mm-hmm. I got burned and it was, you know, and, and to come in with that experience, but also then to recognize that marketing really, I think the most important thing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, fine, I'm not a marketing person, so I'm very fine with being wrong. But my understanding is that marketing is really so much more about being really clear about your goals and then strategy. Like tactics don't really mean much. Mm-hmm unless you've got a really strong strategy and goals behind that. I, I completely agree. And that's that's why we use the word partner even on our website is because marketing by nature, and that's where I think a lot of agencies go wrong, is very strategic. Um, a lot of the stuff that we're doing for SEO, like that we'll talk about today, it, there's there's not a lot of secret sauce involved in it. If you're good at it, it is very black and white. Like these are the processes that you should be following to do it well. And if somebody's selling you on something else, they're probably doing something that is either gray hat or black hat because it is very straightforward because how Google works is not straightforward in terms of the algorithmic approach, but how you win is fairly straightforward. And that's what's really important to to remember. And so it's really about understanding what the practice's goals are. And like you said, setting re- reasonable expectations around what they can put in from a, an investment standpoint, um, how they can bootstrap it. And what I always tell our clients during, this, during the sales process, because they usually haven't heard this from an agency before, what we're doing today, what's in this proposal that we're reviewing and the initiatives we're going to focus on first should look a lot different this time next year when we're sitting together. And if it doesn't, I'm not doing a good job helping you stay in front of where you should be putting your money from a marketing standpoint. Because even when it comes to content, like there's only so much content that we can write on a website and people will drown a blog for a local practice in content, which is honestly not going to do that much long-term. So eventually, once we've exhausted that pipeline, that budget should be taken and placed somewhere else, whether it's paid advertising or it's backlink building or it's community outreach, whatever that is. But to your point, yeah, it really is a strategic relationship in nature and helping kind of guide and coach them and what we should be doing to grow every quarter and and not wanting to stay the same or do the same services that we've been doing. Mm. I think it's refreshing to hear. I mean, the word that kept kind of coming to mind for me is like integrity right? That it seems like you all are very integrous in the way you approach it and you're honest with your clients up front or your potential clients up front. Like, you know, I think a lot of people think that because social media is so immediate or anything that we pick up our phone for is just like right at our fingertips that we should be getting immediate results. And then there's all Mm -hmm. the influencers or whatever that are making it sound like that's the way that works. But it's really a long-term game. <laughs> it's just, it is. you know, that strategy is to meet certain benchmarks and to get, mm-hmm. you know, to a certain to a certain point. And I think I would imagine that that's also refreshing to your clients to hear, like, okay, so realistically, this could take a, a six months before we start to really see movement, or you know, we're working on a year-long strategy, and, and oh, there's a sure. relief in there too. Yeah, and that yeah. and that's a lesson, I think that everybody I think learns as you're growing and starting a business uh, from a client management and client expectation standpoint is, is really critical because I've lost clients over the years um, by not being 
more blunt and learning lessons from an expectation standpoint of it's better to, I think, set those clear expectations than potentially even keep the client. Because if it's something they need in one month or three months, um, there's there are things that certainly can be done, but they look totally different than if you're really trying to build a sustainable foundation and you really do have the uh, the want to to rank for things in social media or even a paid ads program. There's not a lot of overnight fixes. And yeah, you do have to be careful with that because you never know too what the previous agency set from an expectation standpoint probably didn't mm-hmm. do a good job doing it or they wouldn't be transitioning away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think I find in business, and I think this probably applies to our medical and healthcare providers who are listening, it's all about managing expectations at yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> the beginning, middle, and end of the day. And, mm-hmm. and the more I have found in my business, and, and it sounds like you have too, the more upfront I am about that. Like, hey, these are huge changes that you want to implement. Your, your goals are very lofty. I believe they're achievable. And this is about how long it takes. And statistically, it takes this long. We've had, you know, whatever, some case study and our clients have had mm-hmm. overnight success and, you know, not typical. And then we have our sort of regular run of the mill. This is the way it works. It takes time. And, you know, humans buy from humans who they know, like, and trust. So if they're warming I up the market, it just takes time, right? If they don't yeah. have, if, they, if their best friend didn't have their wrist surgery or whatever at this clinic, then... They need to know something else, you know. Yeah, buyers. I, I completely buyers agree, thing. for sure. Yeah. How interesting! So you were talking about SEO and Google, and I'm curious if you could give us like some broad strokes ideas about like how could a practice use SEO to their advantage so that they can like let's say they want to grow a particular procedure that they provide. For sure, I, I think what I do, and I've done so many webinars and talks about it over the years, really trying to kind of distill down and simplify. And for me, because we're doing something audio and there's no visual, I think always taking a step back and understanding kind of how Google functions in nature and how patients find practices in nature is really the best way to kind of start an SEO conversation because there's it, there's so much intangible about it and people throw that word around a lot and what really does matter, what really moves the needle, um, should I be writing blogs, shouldn't I be, like all that type of stuff. But really at the end of the day, most patients are either trying to find a specialist or solve a problem. And those are the two primary things when they sit down and they Google something. They're either looking for like a knee surgeon near me, or they're looking for carpal tunnel syndrome treatment, or they're looking for, so they're either looking to like treat acne scars, um, or they're looking to find a dermatologist. Even if they've been referred in the kind of consumerization that has occurred in healthcare that people have talked to nausea about, that has changed the buyer journey, so to speak, in terms of how a patient looks at things. And even if they've gotten referred from their PCP, they're still going to go online. They're going to check the provider out they've been referred to. They're going to check out their reputation. They're going to read about them. And that's where you can have referral leakage too. So Mm -hmm. even when we're not talking about SEO, it's still critically important that you're investing in reputation, which in a cause and effect way is one of the most important things to, to increase your rankings for your Google My Business which is what we're talking about when it comes to SEO. So you have really two kind of primary drivers of the search experience 
that a patient is going to see when they're, again, Googling these things that I just mentioned. And that is your Google My Business, which most people are familiar with. They actually just change it just to Google Business, which is like a whole transitionary thing that's going on like as we speak. Um, but that's the, that's the map pack. That's when you see that map and you see the search results. That's what we call offsite SEO because it's not on your website. That is really primary driven driven by proximity, specificity, and reputation. Um, you obviously can't control if somebody is sitting in Denver and searching and you're trying to rank and you're 45 miles away, you're going to have a tough time because proximity is 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 big in nature. But there's all, all where people miss out and have invested so much into Google My Business, even though it is critically important, is you can't rank your Google My Business for everything without a really strong website because your Google My Business is actually crawling your website and pulling that contextual information out to know the treatments and conditions you provide and to show you in that map pack search result for carpal tunnel syndrome. So if you don't have carpal tunnel syndrome on your website and have an individual page on it, your Google My Business is probably not going to rank for carpal tunnel treatment or carpal tunnel syndrome specialists near me. And that's where the website really comes into play. From a high level, like a 30,000 foot overview, when you look at a website for a practice that's doing it well, they have, which is uh, something that I say all the time, if they want to rank for it, they have a page for it. They have a page for every single sub-condition and sub-treatment that they're focusing on and want to rank well for in a geographical area. You can't stop at a bulleted list, even again, going back to an orthopedic surgeon or orthopedic practice, having a hip surgery page is great, but you need to go into all the different types of conditions and treatments under hip surgery that you want to rank for and break them out into individual pages that allow you to position yourself in a given market. And I think that really fundamentally makes everything that you're looking at on the website a whole lot easier. It's like if I, mm-hmm. if I sit down and I write 250 words on each of the major things I care the most about, I'm way ahead of my competition in terms of having the ability to rank well on Google. And then kind of the next step beyond that, if you are multi-location, people get really lost in how do you do SEO for a practice that has multiple locations. And again, the easiest way to look at it, because it's the industry that's done it the best for the longest, is what I call implementing a franchise style model on your website. And what I mean by that is, if you look at Chick-fil-A, you look at Denny's, they have a location page for every one of the locations they have across the United States. And you're treating your business like a micro franchise. So you should have an individual location page for every individual location, as well as a corresponding Google My Business that is embedded on that page. What it that does is that anchors you and those near me searches for all those sub-conditions and treatment pages we just went over. Because you can't go on a Botox near me page and if you have four locations and just put your location city name in the title tag and just say Botox in Alpharetta, Roswell, Sandy Springs, and Atlanta, it's just not going to do anything for you. But you can rank your Atlanta location page for Botox by interlinking the two of them and having a Google My Business. So Same. yeah, so those I think are the two primary things when it comes to SEO is individual location pages for your individual locations and individual treatments and conditions for all the things that matter the most to you. And if you're a solo location, then you have the advantage of hammering that location and drilling down on every one of those subconditions and treatments pages. I think this is, you know, really 
beyond most people's understanding of SEO, right? So, and this just kind of reflects again why it's so important to consult mm-hmm. with a, an, an expert on these things. You know, I know in, we, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but maybe just briefly touch on, yeah. you know, some some practices want to do some of their marketing in-house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would get, I would just go out on a limb and say that unless they are like one of the larger organizations, you know, VP of marketing or something, that they're not going to have the expertise that's necessary for this. Yeah. And, and probably not worth investing in what you'd have to pay to either have that level of a CMO. And honestly, do you want them doing like technical search engine optimization as a part of their job description? Probably not. If you're an organization that large, you want them to be thinking strategically like we talked about in terms of growth because you're probably, you're probably have acquisitions that are going on. You're probably opening new locations constantly and they need to be focused on that. And so I think when it comes to the, what do I do in house and what do I hire a specialist for? I think website design and development, if you want to do it right, I would highly recommend that you outsource that. And paid ads and SEO are probably the two other things that take a lot of technical training and are six-figure level salary if you try to take that on in-house, which again, doesn't make financial sense. I think the one thing that you really can do in-house, even though we do it and we offer it to clients... We have a ton that we encourage or have helped stand up in-house is social media because I think content by nature needs to be created either in collaboration or internally working with the physicians. And it's hard for an agency to provide that value because they can't be on site. And so having somebody in the organization that is focused on content development and taking that content and putting it on social, I usually always recommend that they do that in-house. And if they can't, we're here to help them and support that. But they don't they don't get to cop out on, I'm not going to be involved in social, then you guys got it. It's like, no. yeah. again, you guys have to be involved in the content creation. We'll just take it from there if you don't have the personnel to do it. Yeah, I think that's, that's really important too because it's hard to capture someone's voice in social. Mm-hmm. I think it can be done for blogging and different things. But I think, you know, I really appreciate when I see a provider taking, you know, nice photos, like with a good camera, yep. but taking a picture of, you know, I don't know, say they're highlighting one of their texts or something, right? So they take a photo of that person at work and they tell a story about them. Like, I don't know that the warmth comes through from an agency unless you're yeah. paying top, 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 top dollar. <laughs> yep. Most of us can't afford someone who can do that for our social media. It doesn't make sense. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. And, and if you need more coaching. That's where we can come in. Like right now we have a really large oncology group that they lost their social person. And so we've taken over a transitionary social role for them and they found somebody out of college. And then we're going to help train them up over the next six months and invest into them and then hand the reins back over. And so that's kind of where, again, because I just think social, like I'd rather have them in terms of an agency engagement, investing into the things that we do phenomenally well. And we do social media phenomenally well when it comes to marketing our business. But it's, we also, I, you can't see it if you're listening on the podcast, but we have a YouTube studio sitting behind me, but nobody can do that. Like I can't go hire a social media agency to do that for me. I've got to sit right. down in front of a camera and build content. And that's mm-hmm. what the practice needs to be doing as well. Yeah. Well, that's a great lead into the to the question that I really wanted to ask, which mm-hmm. is, you know, what is 
the level of engagement from like a physician or an owner of a practice in their marketing efforts, but also because this is a huge pain point for my clients is without like monopolizing their time. Yeah. So like, how, what does that look like? It, it is difficult, but I think, and it is something I think that's very easy to completely pass off even to an agency. But the, the reality is as a business owner and as a, a physician that I consider physicians by trade are kind of their own type of artist and the way that they approach things. And so I think with that territory comes, you've got to be willing to be part of the content iteration and content development process at some level. There's no way around that. You have to, you have to be willing to sit down. And so again, which is a lot of what you talk about in the time management it is about making it important, but also making it a, as it being priority, being deliberate about the time that you set aside every single month to do it. Because if you don't do that, it's never going to happen when you're getting pulled into clinic or you're getting pulled into OR, um, when you're doing rounds at the hospital. But I can't stress enough, if you want to have success, especially when it comes to content development and social media, it really cannot be done with buy-in without buy-in from the physicians. And again, that can be as little as 30 minutes a month. Like every physician can carve out 30 minutes to an hour max a month to sit down and do a data dump of FAQs that they've been asked that month from patients um, to sit down and put together 15 or 20 minutes worth of video content that can be sliced up into 40 or 50 different pieces of social media content. When you're really deliberate and you stay ahead of it from a planning standpoint, because that's the biggest thing that I've learned over the years even with starting our podcast, starting our content journey, is when you're constantly trying to stay up and play catch up, you always fail and you'll never succeed. So if you stay one to three months ahead in your content development to where you can have somebody that's supportive, like the social media person we just talked about in an agency that is taking all of those assets and focusing on engagement, then you're going to have success. So I do think that Physicians should be, especially if they're a practice owner, a little more involved in at least quarterly marketing conversations. So they're in the loop on what the long-term vision is, what the long-term strategy is, where my money is going. But I don't necessarily think they need to be involved in all of the conversations in terms of how it's prioritized. But I, so with all that said, I think give a little bit of your own time back and spend 30 minutes to an hour every month sitting down and investing into content. Mm -hmm. And you got to find out what your medium is. I mean, I love video, um, but it may not be right for you. Maybe it is a podcast or maybe it is in written form. Um, maybe it is just still photo of the OR and then you explain um, in a caption what the procedural technique that you were using was. I mean, there's a ton of different medians that, and patients will digest all of those different ones. So I think finding out what you're most likely to succeed in and what you're most comfortable creating is also going to be another really important thing. But yeah, you've got, you have to be involved. You can't pass that buck all the way down because at the end of the day, you're the artist, so to speak. And the patient at the end of the day wants to hear from you and see you um, as the master of the, your craft that you are. And that's really at the end of the day, what's going to drive patients to the door. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it seems like buyer behavior has shifted in the last few years and oh, yeah. maybe especially yeah. during COVID times, but it seems like, like I even look for providers differently than I used to. Oh yeah. 
And so much of it is like, you know, we relocated a few years ago, so we had to start fresh. And I mean, I was looking at their Google reviews. I was looking at what they said. I was checking Facebook groups. So, you know, all of that to try to find out like, what do y'all know about these people? Like, And there's, there's an audience for everyone too. I think a lot of physicians either have pseudo imposter syndrome. Like if I do start talking, is there anybody that'll actually listen or do they even care when I'm talking about something very specific to peripheral nerve surgery? And what I always say is there, because I've seen it specifically with some of our subspecialists that are very rare subspecialists, there is an audience for everyone. And that audience tends to be even more gung-ho and more engaged because it's so niche. They've been waiting for somebody to talk to them. Yeah, We have a peripheral nerve surgeon that has 10,000 YouTube subscribers and 3.5 million views on his YouTube videos at this point because who would have thought? nobody knows what a piriformis release technique is. They just yeah. know that they have had severe chronic back pain and they can't figure out how to solve it. And now they're watching this guy perform this very unique technique, one of only like 30 in the world that do it. And that's how he gets most of his patients is he either has patients sit down and tell their success story about 10 years of chronic pain or they watch him in the OR room perform a technique that really nobody else is doing. And if he can do it and and build a huge practice as a result of the investment in his content, then anybody can. Yeah. I think that you said something really important that I just want to highlight again. is like figuring out what you're most comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you might, let's say you're really comfortable with video. That's great. And you may write pretty well as well, but can you get both of those things done in 30 to 60 minutes a month? And I would say unlikely. So I think that that's really key because some of us get hung up on, especially time, but also like, oh my God, how am I going to come up with all this content? But most of my clients, I find once you get them talking about what they're passionate about, it's like, we should be recording this. This would be great marketing content. I've said that to clients before. Like, gosh, I wish we had just recorded this Zoom call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You just said so many good things. And you were and, on fire. <laughs> and I think it's important to, to realize there's a monetary trade-off with how valuable the time of physicians is. And so mm-hmm. be willing in your efforts to invest in having other people help you. And what I mean by, like, even with my podcast... And the pursuit of running an organization and building a business, I did so I could know the first 90 days. I did the, I taught myself how to do the post production part of the podcast process just so I would be familiar with it, which I don't recommend in the story that I'm telling. But what we do now is we have a post-production company um, that is totally worth the investment that I can literally wrap a podcast recording up, drop it in a drive folder. They create all the social graphics. They create the show notes. They post it on my website. Um, they notify the guests. So literally all, I, all we have to do is go out and promote it. And that's what the physician needs to be investing in too. That mm-hmm. will make it more than likely to happen. Like we have to not, to not plug it but it was a reason why we went on the journey of developing a video content creation tool for physicians to create 90-second videos that are wrapped. Mm. And I say all of that not to plug the tool, but to say there is technology out there that can make it really easy for you to create branded video in a matter of minutes and blurs the line between quantity and quality. And that's Mm -hmm. what you're really looking for. So work, work smart, not hard, especially as a physician whose time is so valuable. Absolutely. Because our time is so precious and it's the one thing like we cannot get back. But, you know, I ask my clients this a lot too. Like, so how much money are you leaving on the table? Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
in opportunity, in where you could have invested and gotten a great ROI on it and various things in marketing, coaching, consulting, whatever, but also how much are you costing your business? So they might be spending time doing things that are not paying off. Yeah. That maybe somebody who makes $15 an hour could be doing. And it's not that anybody's above that, but that might spark joy for someone who's at the $15 range and it might drain the position. So this is something that, you know, that we have to get clear about. But this, you know, 30 to 60 minutes to get, what did you say? Like 90 clips? Oh, you can get, I mean, if, if if you really, if you have somebody that's really good, again, that's helping and supporting you in the social media side, con- content, um, evergreen content development, they should be able to get so many video ads. Obviously, it depends on how much video is being created. But even with like one singular podcast that we record, when you look at audiogram development, you look at stills, you look at you, YouTube video, you look at slicing that video down. I mean, you can create in one 30-minute podcast episode, you could create 30 pieces of content. And so it's all about how you adapt that content and keep it evergreen and use it in different ways uh, to keep an audience engaged, which is, again, which is really on the person that is supporting the physician and creating that content is getting the most out of the time they're investing in it. Yeah. And that seems like a great payoff. I mean, if if 30 to 60 minutes of the physician's time is invested in this and they get one new patient for an elective procedure... They've just paid themselves quite nicely, right? Like it's that exactly. works out really well. Yeah. Yeah. And and you get better. It's all about just starting. Like uh, mm-hmm. like watching kind of the mentors that we follow on LinkedIn and even our journey and learning from them. Like one of the guys that has several million followers and just a master of video, he literally has a, a shirt rack that he sits next to him and he's a, a busy CEO <laughs> of a multi-hundred million dollar organization. And he carves out 15 minutes and he sits down. And he changes his shirts. And in that 15 minute period, he records about 20 to 30, 30 to 60 second videos, just changes, 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 different topic, different topic, different topic on a content calendar, knocks it out and walks away. Somebody processes it and then they get all the content out. And physicians can do that if you just do some planning and invest some time and be willing to hit some roadblocks along the way. It's it's learning. It's how we learned. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, I've so enjoyed our conversation and I would love for our listeners to be able to find you or to be able to recommend to people to find you. So how do we do that? Yeah, absolutely. So our, our agency website is Entropy. That's I-N-T-R-E-P-Y, entropy.com. So you can go on there and learn more about the agency. And then I'm really active on LinkedIn. Again, my name is Justin Knott, K-N-O-T-T. So if you go on LinkedIn and just search me, I'd love to connect there. I'm also on the team page on our uh, agency website. And then on our agency website, we have, if you are looking to grow your practice or learn more, uh, we've got tons of eBooks. We have a really active blog, a really active podcast called the Patient Convert Podcast. Uh, so yeah, you can go on there and there's tons of content to ingest uh, to, to just get better at practice growth. Wonderful. We'll share all these links in the show notes so it'll be easy for people to come and find you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Well, before we sign off, do you have any parting wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? It's a good question. Um, I would say... When it comes to when it comes to marketing specifically, and we've talked about it today, but tr- trust the process um, because it does take time. Nothing great happens overnight, and the same goes for marketing. And invest what you can, um, and bootstrap that and grow, but have reasonable expectations in terms of the timeline associated to have success. And just know that. It is a journey. I mean, it's a multi-year journey in terms of marketing and, and there's, there's learning that's along the way. I'd say that's the most important in terms of when you go into growing your marketing department is 
do it in a way that you understand it really is a long-term investment, a long-term journey. Mm, very sage advice. Well, thank you so much, Justin. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I, I wanted to talk longer. <laughs> thank you for having me. I really <laughs> it's, enjoyed um, chatting. It's always nice to pleasure. talk to somebody else who focuses in the same niche. Yeah, it's it's kind of rare, you know. Um, but I'm I would like to stay in touch uh, yeah, and absolutely. and see how things are going and and you know maybe even you know how things look different in a year for your clients. Likewise, with the podcast, there might be something new to share, you know, absolutely. over the course of the next year or so. So let's definitely stay in touch. Thanks again for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Thriving Practice. I appreciate you coming here week after week, dear listener, to listen and learn how to elevate your leadership grow your practice, and to think and act like the high-impact CEO provider that you're meant to be. I have one request of you. If you've benefited from this show, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review with your thoughts on the show. Your feedback and review help us get in front of other amazing practice owners just like you. Thank you again for listening, and until next time.